Blog Talk Radio. Scientists do. He says, 
Republican presidential candidate, Chris Christie. Now, I'm going to tell you where that came from. And it's uh, it comes from uh, Occupied Democrats. That's just interesting. But he says, Republican presidential candidate Chris Christie announced yesterday that global warming isn't a crisis based on, not on science or reason, but rather on his personal feeling. In an interview on MSNBC, Christie was asked whether he accepts the essentially universal accepted science of human-caused global warming, to which he replied that he does believe humans contribute to climate change, but the issue isn't a big deal. It's not a crisis. The climate has been changing forever and has always will change, uh, he said. With host uh, Joe Scarborough jumped in, citing statistics that the ten warmest years on record have all happened since 1998. Christie was perfectly happy to dig himself a deeper hole of ignorance, uh, saying that he doesn't buy it. But he was then asked uh, that scientists he relies on uh, may uh, make his claims, to which he responded, "That's my feeling. I didn't say I was relying on scientists. I don't see any evidence that it's a crisis." In the post-truth world in which most Republicans seem to live, it is common for politicians to base their belief in policies on feelings rather than facts, on what they believe should be true to fit their worldview rather than what demonstrably is. Yet such a blatant admission of the alternate Republican reality is rare and its implications are alarming. And the very fact that Christie doesn't see any evidence that climate change is a crisis when the overwhelming evidence that it is can, that it is can easily be accessed by a kindergartner and frightening enough, I don't agree with this. With this, I really don't. And the reason why is because we know what's going on out there and what the climate change is really causing and who's causing it and why. And it, and who's causing it is uh, is the the federal government, the, the global government. Okay. Uh, you know, anybody. We've always look up, had climate change. We've always had it, but not to the degree we have now. Based on, oh, we've never manipulated the atmosphere like we do now. Since 1998, we've all we've done is manipulate the atmosphere and chemtrailing it to death and uh, cloud seeding, and uh, you know that's causing the problems. I mean, all you got to do is look up in the air and see everybody's crisscrossing the skies and dropping all this stuff on us. And, uh, you know, they're calling and HARP, of course, uh, you know, the Aurora um, you know, project, uh, just, uh, you know, is devastating to what's happening here. But, you know, I don't agree with, I don't agree with Chris Christie on anything. But as far as, I, as far as pulling the cord on, uh, or pulling the alarm on global warming, I've yet not to see it, you know, uh, and not, not to see the evidence uh too many people. Here, here's something from the AFL-CIO blog now. This will just make people sick. Oh. McConnell blocks health care for 9-11 first responders. Oh, my God. Um, um, it's hard to imagine a valid reason why Republican Mitch McConnell would block legislation whose purpose is to help the first responders and other victims of 9-11. <coughs> Supporters of the James Adderoga 9-11 Health and Compensation Reauthorization Act were hopeful that the act would have been permanently reauthorized in the highway bill that is expected to pass with bipartisan support. But the Senate Majority Leader didn't do the right thing, and the program will run out of money early 
next year if Congress doesn't act. That's something. Yeah. See if there's anything more on that. That was a little short. Miss McConnell is uh, not noted as being a, a, a decent human being. Senator McConnell said, in Congress we have a responsibility to advocate for our service members and veterans and to ensure that they get the treatment they deserve during and after their service. Yet in an opportunity to act on those words, McConnell didn't. He is utterly failing the Responders of 9-11, the first veterans of America's current wars. It is despicable and negligent for Senator McConnell to play politics with the lives and health health of some of America's bravest men and women. Senator McConnell should not stand in the the way of the permanent and fully funded James Zadaroga 9-11 Health and Compensation Reauthorization. That's disgraceful. uh, Yeah, but he he is disgraceful. But, you know, here's a typical, here's a perfect example of, you know, uh, I don't agree totally with Ralph on this because I think the party disgraces itself, and I'm surprised he actually said this, but Ralph Nader says, we have here the most ignorant, bigoted, Republican presidential slate in the history of the party. Not only are they bigoted, they're factually wrong, and in terms of their tactics, they are heating up those people in this country who are susceptible to that. They're disgracing the party. Well, I don't know how you well, can disgrace that party anymore. Than it, than it well, has, now push like, them all into a clown car because yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where they belong. Yeah, yeah. Well, our, uh, let's see. The uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren says expand Social Security benefits and sign this petition. Petition Social Security. CEO pay went up 3.9 percent last year, but seniors who rely on Social Security who get no increase in 2016. He signed a petition telling Congress to give seniors a one-time 3.9 payment in 2016. And um, that's by, put out by org, and you can sign that petition. Don't mind. Uh, boy, what's the name of it? Uh, bold, uh, boldprogressives.org. There's an interesting little cartoon. It's kind of fun to see this. You got Paul Revere writing, and you got Kim trailing in the background, and you yeah. got all kinds of stuff going on. You got a sheep coming out of the window, and you got Paul Revere saying, and it says, all you can do is warn them, wake up. If they don't listen, move on so you can warn others. You know, that's, that's exactly what you got to do, I guess. Uh, this is interesting. Walmart boycott began began in uh, in support of fired worker. This has happened in Albany, New York. Oh, close by, about an hour from here. Yeah, and uh, so, and uh, let's see what happened here. Um, hold on. Let's see if this will pop up as a video or is that a? Should, things are just catching up here, folks. Uh, Michael Walsh of Schenectady outside the Niskawa. Uh, Niskawa. Uh, 
Walmart, fire, Walmart worker fired after 18 years, returning in $350 cash found in Iskiuna store parking lot too slowly. Oh, really? Um, Michael Walsh of Schenectady, a Walmart maintenance worker for 18 years, was fired on November 6th, a few days after he turned in $350 in cash he found in the parking lot of the Walmart neighborhood market. He called into the manager's office, interrogated and terminated for gross misconduct. His offense, he waited about 30 minutes before he turned in the money. The only thing I did wrong was hesitate, Walsh said, who was 45. I didn't steal anything. They didn't give me any warning. They just fired me. The firing happened on the same day that Thomas Smith, 52 of Albany, an East Greenbush Walmart employee, was fired for redeeming $2 worth of cans and, and bottles left behind in a shopping cart. Jesus. Working workers, worker rights advocates are organizing a Walmart boycott through January 1st and additional East Bush store demonstrations in response to Smith's controversial termination. In the Niskeyuna incident, a manager at the store located on State Street in... Mansion Square said Tuesday she could not discuss Walsh's firing. A Walmart spokesman, Aaron Mullen, said he had no comment. Walsh said he found a $5 bill in the parking lot and immediately went inside and turned it over to the manager. When he went back outside, his job involved picking up garbage and collecting stray cans. He found a small stack of bills, 20s and 10s, in the parking lot. It was in an envelope and bore no identification. He completed his task. When he got a moment, he counted the cash, $350. He stuffed it into his pants pocket. He went back inside the store, which is adjacent to the Berkshire Bank branch, and was about to turn in the bundle when he heard a commotion. A woman was yelling at a manager, freaking out that she lost her money, and I got nervous, said Walsh, who speaks haltingly and has anxiety issues. I kind of froze and didn't want any trouble. Walsh returned to his job, which included cleaning the bathrooms. He gave the manager the $350 in cash about 30 minutes after he found it. The manager took the money, and Walsh heard nothing. Two days later, a manager showed him a surveillance tape that was time-stamped and confirmed that roughly 30 minutes elapsed from the time the camera captured Walsh's discovery of the cash, and when he turned it in, they didn't let me explain, said uh, and said they knew what happened. They told me how it happened in a way that it wanted it to go. Walsh said he was not told to sign the statement, was in, well, so was not, not given, given a, a copy. copy. Excuse me. Yeah, he was told to turn in his badge and his employee 10% discount card. <laughs> he was fired for gross misconduct. Poor guy. Well, Walsh, who has a general equivalency diploma from um, Mont Pleasant High School in Schenectady, worked at the Glenville Walmart for 10 years and other Walmart stores in the area before being shifted to Nicaragua. No, Niskiuna. It's one quarter the size of the standard Walmart Supercenter and includes a gross... I don't care about that. But, uh, I enjoyed my job. Yeah. I was a good employee. And he was upset because he was fired without a paycheck. He's struggling to pay his $680 monthly rent and a car payment. His wife is on disability for anxiety and depression. I got scared, and I didn't go about returning the money right away. He said, I told them I was sorry. I thought they would have given me a warning or suspended me. They just fired me. He's a 
applied for maintenance jobs at Target, Lowe's, BJ's, ShopRite, and Ellis Hospital. Meanwhile, Swift Smith was hired by a local, local property maintenance company at $12 an hour, $3 more than his Walmart wage. Oh, I thought he, was, I thought he said, Walsh got a raise in September to $14.35 an hour, um, near a $15 cap for a maintenance worker. He was a full-time employee for 40 hours. Now it says without a, what does it say? It says, uh, it doesn't. Smith was hired for a local property maintenance job at $12, not three more than his Walmart wage. Well, that's so that doesn't he make making, any sense. Now he was making 1435 Now he's working at 12 uh, yeah, uh, Oh, whatever. This is, uh, this is from Times Union. Okay. All right, Times Union, get your facts straight. But anyway, the poor guy gets cashed. Got, got screwed by Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we all do. Sooner or later. Here's the average age in America is 37. The average income is 42,000. So tell me, how does an 80-year-old millionaire who's been in Congress 40 years understand the needs of an average American? Well, there are 382 millionaires. 165 between 65 and 91 years old. And it's time to get the dinosaurs out of Congress. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Congress has 382 millionaires. Huh. 165 between 65 and 91 years old. Huh. It's interesting. Let's see, there's 565 people in, in Congress and in the Senate together, right? 382 are millionaires. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's climate conference. What's the real agenda? Huh. Let's see, I wonder about that. Geoengineering watch. Remember I told you about this uh, climate change thing? Which is, but Dane Wigington, who we had on before, and he's from Geoengineering Watch, and he's, uh, he's a chemtrail activist, um, and he said... What is the Paris Climate Conference really about? What is really going on behind the endless assault of smoke and mirrors erected and orchestrated by those in power? The recent terrorist attacks, a false flag, have not only given the global power structure exactly the excuse they needed to further ramp up their intervention in Syria and other Middle Eastern countries, it also handed to them the pretext to completely clamp down on any form of protest at the Paris Climate Talks. There is no rational denial of these facts. All this makes us think that the state of emergency is being used as a way to shut us up, says Juliet Russo, who coordinates a coalition of environmental and social justice groups um, as known as Climate 21. Um, pushing the ongoing global engineering insanity, the Paris Climate Conference is ultimately not about curbing global greenhouse gases or slowing the mass planetary dissemination being caused by industrial society, it is about, yet again, doubling down on the status quo in climate engineering. Industrialized civilization is destroying the planet's ability to support life. Global engineering is the absolute epitome of the industrialized, militarized destruction. The reality we have all known is spiraling into total collapse. We are far past the point of no return in regard to the once-thriving planet that we previously knew. 
This being said, there is yet another quantum, there is yet one quantum leap we could collectively make in the right direction to fully expose and halt the global um, weather warfare, a climate engineering assault, while there is still some part of the Earth's life support systems left to salvage. The insanity of geoengineers like David Keith uh, must be brought this to light. Yeah. And he says, many claims have been made about the true agenda of this conference. Do such claims match available facts? Well, Dick, Dicko Tom, Thomas, Dick, Dick, Dicko, Dicko, Dichonomous. Dichonomous thinking, dichotomous thinking. Dichotomous. Yes, yeah. What? Thinking. Must be abandoned. <laughs> I thought uh, it was I someone's was, name at first. Yeah, I never saw that word. Like thinking. Uh, must be abandoned and um, ground conclusions, grounded conclusions are to be reached. Honest, objective investigation without bias is essential. Claim, the major global powers are actually trying to force a legal binding carbon reduction treaty. If that was true, why did the U.S. and France already start backpedaling on any binding agreement before the climate talks even started? Claim, France has preemptively arrested climate deniers before the start of the conference. Oh, well, boy. Though draconian arrests have been made, carried, uh, have been have carried, been carried out, out, available information indicates that the incarcerations were of those who threatened to protest the lack of climate action, not of those denying climate climate change. Claim. Global geoengineering. The lack of climate action. Yeah, Claim, geo, global geoengineering will be legalized at the Paris Commons. Oh In all previous climate conferences, global climate modification has never been admitted to as an ongoing reality. Thus far, there is no credible information to indicate that the Paris meeting will admit or confirm the geoengineering reality, let alone legalize it. Claim, uh, global warming is just a problem, reaction, solution scenario that has been manufactured by those in power as a means of producing profits. Also claimed, global climate warming does not exist or cannot be verified unless or until climate engineering is halted. Um, if a person was found injured and unconscious, but the cause or various causes of the injury were not yet known, admitted to, or conclusively confirmed, does that mean that the injury doesn't exist in the first place? Well, wars are most certainly utilized by the power structure to produce massive profits. Does that mean wars are not real? Such lines of thinking are not rational or a factual basis uh, on which to perform a conclusion. Though these are countless disaster capitalists trying to make all the profit they can from the disintegrating climate system, they also they, that does not negate the reality itself. Many claim that there has been a nearly two-decade pause in escalating global de uh, departures, or temperatures, rather. Uh, does one, does frontline data support this claim? No. Not only was there no pause in the warming, the planetary meltdown continues to accelerate with a completely out-of-control climate engineering insanity helping to fuel the overall fire engineered long-term cool-downs at the cost of a worsened overall warming and a completely poisoned planet. Many countries are comfortable with both the term treaty and legally binding emissions targets, but must, but this must, but this, this would, would increase, this, I'm sorry, this would increase the likelihood that the agreement would have to go to hostile U.S. Congress 
for approval, an outcome the uh, Obama administration is keen to avoid. Veteran observers have long expected that a final deal would need to be worded in a way that satisfied the U.S., as well as China and other large emerging economies reluctant to take on onerous legal obligations to cut admissions. Clearly, the major global powers most responsible for geoengineering juggernaut of destruction want nothing to do with cutting emissions, though these powers, like the U.S., China, and Russia, have all known and well-publicized opposing interests that are all collaborating on the issue of climate engineering. Extensive historical congressional documents, 750 pages, on climate engineering call for such collusion between nations that otherwise have competing interests. Historical presidential reports also describe in detail the ongoing global weather modification. The global power structure is completely committed to the current model of total planetary dissemination in an attempt to maintain their power until there's nothing left of the biosphere. Past climate conferences and agreements, of course, have done absolutely nothing to show to slow the polluting, plundering, and pillaging of the planet. They were never intended to. Paris will likely go down in exactly the same category. Yeah. Well, there can be no um, legitimate discussion about the state of the climate without first and foremost addressing the geoengineering issue. The planet is not warming, it's just pushed into total meltdown. And any valid discussion of this fact must include the climate engineering factor. I attended a global climate march in Chico, California on November 28th, and the march was put on by 350.org group, 350.org group. Unfortunately, the climate science community and the environmental group that support them are, with few exceptions, in total denial in regard to the geoengineering elephant in the room. Astoundingly, very few from this group were interested in geoengineering information. I and other activists were trying to pass on to them. Bill McKibben is the head of this group. McKibben received funds from the Rockefeller Foundation. What a surprise. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, they don't want to hear about geoengineering. That's what they're, you know. They, they know all they, about they, it. They don't, they, don't, they don't want to know about that, you know. Uh, on the other side of the fence, an unfortunately large percentage of the, of the anti-geoengineering community is a total denial of completely verifiable, extremely rapid warming of our, of our biosphere. The planet is heating up at a rate equal to four Hiroshima bombs per second. 2014 was the warmest year ever recorded. 2015 will break that record, and 2016 will likely shatter the record yet again. Well, facts about global warming have nothing to do with Al Gore or carbon creation and credits, both of which are scams. Whether it is about reality and credibility, both factors are essential pillars to stand on if the battle to expose and halt climate engineering is to be successful. The planet's former energy balance and equilibrium has been radically altered from countless anthropogenic causes with uh, geoengineering at the top of the list. Okay, this, this, kind of, this article keeps yeah, going on. Yeah, it is long. But anyway, I, I, and, and there are comments here too. But it's I, worth I reading would, yeah. if you want to. Yeah. 
And it says, watch 131 years of global warming in 26 seconds or something. Let's yeah, just so. see what that, we'll just put a little bit of that on, see what they say. Okay. It's, it's, there's no there's no talk. It's all. Uh, it just shows what's happening to the world. Yeah. Uh, under 31 years, it shows where the warmth was, what happened to it, where it is now. There was global warming everywhere, based yeah. on these satellite uh, images. So, I guess that's pretty common. Huh? Oh yeah. Uh, but anyway, if you want to go to something and read something interesting, I suggest you go to Geoengineering and watch. Um, that's very, very, very good um, website. And uh, it tells a lot about a lot of things, how how storms are created. Uh, GeoWatch Radio, he has a station there. Uh, tree die-offs, uh, all kinds that's of things. That's pretty scary. Yeah. And uh, who, global flashpoints. Who who's doing this? Uh, Dane Wigington, remember? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes, he did a good job. Yeah, and he's the, he does. He's he's a he's a real. He's really come up with that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he did. Here's something really interesting that we may we may not want to know, but I I thought it was interesting. Um, Jesse Ventura's assessment. Now Jesse Ventura. The wrestler. For the, yeah, the wrestler, the politician, the former governor of Minnesota, and uh, possibly a presidential candidate. This is what it says. Jesse Ventura's assessment is accurate or too negative or too positive, essentially about the ruling class. And this, I guess, is a quote. You control our world. You've poisoned the air we breathe, contaminated the water we drink, and copyrighted the food we eat. We fight in your wars die for your causes, and sacrifice our freedoms to protect you. You've liquidated our savings, destroyed our middle class, used our tax dollars to bail out your unending greed. We are slaves to your corporations, zombies to your airwaves, servants to your decadence. You've stolen our elections, assassinated our leaders, and abolished our basic rights as human beings. You own our property, shipped away our jobs, shredded our unions. You profited off disaster, destabilized our currencies, and raised our cost of living. You've monopolized our freedoms, stripped away our education, and have almost extinguished our flame. We are hit. We are bleeding. But we ain't got time to bleed. We will bring the giants to their knees, and you will witness our revolution. Jesse Ventura. Ooh. Those are good, strong words, Jesse. Yeah. Aside from a guy who was a former steel, uh, here's something interesting, too. Burger King admits to using horse meat in their burgers and whoppers. Oh, what uh, pigs they are. Yeah, How could you use Dobbin? Dobbin. Dobbin, that was the famous story about Dobbin the horse. How you little Dobbin? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think they're using more than one dolphin. Oh, I know they are. I use that as a, you know, really? Yeah. Well, uh, Uh, let me... I'm glad I don't eat fast food. I never had a Burger King burger, and I'm proud of it. No? No. I have. I don't eat that kind of stuff. I I never have. Not once. 
they were they were the better one of the of the bunch. Oh really? Until Wendy's came along, then they had a better one, you know, more. Beautiful. I don't need that. So. This is horse meat. So anyway. Uh, it says, after weeks of uncertainty and growing scrutiny, Burger King has finally admitted to using burgers and Whoppers containing equine meat. Oh, I can't believe that. What a yeah. terrible thing. I would be bored. Bur- Burger King now. has been strongly denying all accusations and has repeatedly given assurances the claims have no basis. But in a spectacular U-turn, the fast food chain has admitted that the tests were incorrect and issued an apology to its customers. Burger King revealed that the horse meat burgers were produced by a processing company called Silvercrest, based in Ireland, and part of the ABF Food Group. The same company is believed to have supplied equine meat to Tesco, Asda, and the the Co-op. I don't know what those were, but the company is said to have used banned ingredients for a year. A statement by Burger King reads as follows. We have determined that Silvercrest has been using a tiny percentage of beef imported from a supplier has not been approved from Poland, um, who promised to deliver 100% British and Irish beef patties. Uh, They have failed to do so. This clearing goes against our rules, and we have ended our partnership with them. Um, We have proven that this non-approved supplier from Poland is, uh, is the source of the contamination going on at Silvercrest Supplier. But please ask Burger King to ensure this will never happen again. Um, Don't count on it. And the company's approach to the entire scandal has been shady. Uh, it has also been a substantial part of its customers. Uh, it has also been what? A substantial... Where are you here? Oh, China is cut off. A substantial part of its customers. Uh, it's, it's Oh, it let down a substantial part of it. Burger King needs to do more and improve background checks on its suppliers to make sure they fulfill the company's quality standards. Using horse meat to make burgers and whoppers should never be allowed to happen again. Ah. Yeah, right. They won't do it. Ah. So, yeah, all right. Okay. And you can check this no, article out by, uh, I don't even know, usignanimals.org. Never heard of that one, but you have now. All right. Usignanimals. Democrats just introduced the clo- the close the the revolving door act of 2015, which would ban former members of Congress from ever becoming lobbyists. Hmm. Yeah, Sheriff, you agree? We need a wall between our representatives and corporations. They're supposed to regulate. That's from by Democrats. So. Anyway, let's see. Study finds nearly all scientific papers are controlled by six corporations. Huh. Is that scary or no? Excuse me. All right, it's by Realities Watch. Um, by John Vibes for the true activist. When children grow up dreaming of becoming scientists, they have the purest of aspirations, and if they were left to pursue their own studies, they would be able to accomplish the unimaginable. Unfortunately, for to become a member of a scientific community, one has to jump through many bureaucratic hoops until they are eventually inducted into an establishment which is tightly regulated and directed by warmongers and control-freak aristocrats. People spend half of their lives taking classes, passing tests, and filling out applications in hopes that one day they can become a scientist and cure a disease. 
After years of struggling to make the cut, they realize that there is no funding for their charitable projects, and if they dare step outside of the established guidelines, they will be exiled uh, from the scientific community. Well, additionally, even when legitimate studies are done, they hardly ever reach the public or get taken seriously because most of the publishers that are considered reputable are controlled by just a few corporations that heavily censor the information that gets released. A recent study conducted by Professor Vincent Laravieri from University of Montreal School's Library and Information Science and a number of other researchers found that nearly all major scientific papers are controlled by the same six corporations. Overall, the major publishers control more than half of the market of scientific papers, both in the natural and medical sciences and in the social sciences and humanities. Furthermore, these large commercial publishers have huge sales with profit margins of nearly 40%. While it is true that publishers have historically played a vital role in the dissemination of scientific knowledge in the print era, it is questionable whether they are still necessary in today's digital era. The, the researchers sifted through tons of studies that were published between the years of 1973 and 2013 and found that the studies were uh, overwhelmingly published by the same six publishers. The publishers named in the study are A.C. Reed, Elzheimer Sage, Taylor and Francis Springer, and Wiley Blackwell. Lara Vieri uh, explained how this creates problems. Uh, says that the as long as publishing in high-impact factor journals is a requirement for researchers to obtain positions, research funding, and recognition from peers, the major commercial publishers will maintain their hold on the academic publishing system. One would expect uh, that a major publisher acquiring a journal would have the effect of increasing the latter's visibility. However, our study shows that there is no clear increase in terms of citations after switching from a small to a large publisher. Our findings uh, question the real added value of big publishers, and ultimately, the question is whether the services provided to the scientific community by these publishers warrant the growing share of university budgets allocated to them. Well, he's absolutely right. Hopefully he can keep his job. Hmm. Uh, here's another frightening thing. Shocking report from medical insiders. Turns out we've been lied to and screwed and tattooed. But let's see. A shocking admission by the editor of the world's most respected medical journal, The Lancet, has been virtually ignored by the mainstream media. Dr. Horton, Richard Horton, editor in chief of The Lancet, recently published a statement declaring that a shocking amount of published research is unreliable at best, if not completely false, as in fraudulent. Horton uh, de declared much of the scientific literature, perhaps half, may supply be, simply be untrue, and afflicted by studies with small sample sizes, tiny effects, invalid exploratory analyses, and flagrant conflicts of interest, together with an obsession for pursuing fashionable trends of dubious importance, science has taken a, a turn towards darkness. 
state the point in other words to state the point in other words Horton states bluntly that major pharmaceutical companies falsify or manipulate tests on the health, safety, and effectiveness of their various drugs by taking samples too small to be statistically meaningful or hiring test labs or scientists where lab or scientists um, are blatant conflicts of interest, such as pleasing the drug company to get further grants. At least half of all such tests are worthless or worse than, or worse, he claims. As the drugs have a major effect on the health of millions of consumers, the manipulation amounts to criminal dereliction and malfeasance. The drug industry-sponsored studies Horton uh, refers to develop commercial drugs or vaccines to supposedly help people, used to train medical staff to educate medical use students and more. Horton wrote his shocking comments after attending a symposium on the reproductibility and reliability of biomedical research uh, at the Wellcome Trust in London. He uh, he noted the confidentiality or Chatham House rules, where attendees are forbidden to name names. A lot of what is published is incorrect. I'm not allowed to say who made this remark because we are asked to observe Chatham House rules. We were also asked not to take photographs of slides. Voiceover. Uh, or other voices. Dr. Marcia uh, Angwell, in a physician, uh, is a physician and a longtime editor-in-chief of the New England Medical Journal, considered to be another one of the most prestigious peer-reviewed medical journals in the world. Um, he, it is simply no longer possible to, possible to believe much of the clinical research that is published. Why or, is that? Well, I'm saying because they're all paid up. Mm-hmm. or to rely on the judgment of trusted physicians or authoritative medical guidelines. I take no pleasure in this conclusion, which I reached slowly and reluctantly over my many two decades as an editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. Mm-hmm. Harvey Markovich, who has studied and written about corruption of medical tests and publication in medical journals, writes, studies showing positive outcomes for a drug or device under consideration are more likely to be published than negative studies, and editors are partly to blame for this, but so are commercial sponsors, whose methodology, methodologically, methodologically, that's a new one, that's a weird way of putting it, whose methodologically well-conducted studies have um, unfavorable results tended not to see the light of day. At the University of British Columbia Neural Dynamics Research Group in the Department of uh, Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences, Dr. Tomajanovic uh, obtained documents that showed that vaccine manufacturers, pharmaceutical companies, and health authorities have known for about multiple dangers associated with vaccine, but also to withhold them from the public. This is scientific fraud, and their complicity suggests that this practice continues to this day. And Lance's Dr. Horton continues, concludes that those who have the power to act seem to think somebody else should act first. In every port of positive action, funded well-powered replications has a, a counter-argument. Scientists will become less creative. <laughs> The good news is that science is beginning to take some of its worst failings very seriously. The bad news is 
that nobody is ready to take the first step to clean up the system. And corruption of the medical industry worldwide is a huge issue, perhaps more dangerous than the threat of all wars combined. Do we have such hypnosis and blind faith in our doctors simply because of their white coats that we believe they are infallible? And in turn, do they have such blind faith in the medical journals recommending a given new wonder medicine or vaccine that they rush to give the drugs or vaccine without considering these deeper issues? Good question. So, anyway, that's the, uh, that's the problem we have here, folks. And you can go to that one by looking up uh, NSNBC International is the name of this website. And uh, that report was from uh, the editor uh, of uh, uh, Lancet, you know, major major medical uh, journal. So it's all crud, man. It's all crud. <laughs> all crud. Don't you think, Lana? I think so. So anyway, let's go beyond the. Uh, let's see. We have, um, we have more and more and more for you, even though there's only 15 minutes left. I think it's important um, that we um, get this news out, you know? <laughs> Somebody got to get it out. Uh, let's see. We got, we got, we got, we got, we got, we got. These are, um, I don't think I read this uh, last time, uh, but uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, six kinds of pills Big Pharma tries to get you hooked on for life. Wow. Yeah. And uh, this is by alternate.org. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting that, I know I know we're going from unions to this, but we always talk on health and environment also on one side. So I think it's important that we... Uh, look at this. The six kinds of pills that Big Pharma tries to get you hooked on for life. That's my alternate. Since direct-to-consumer drug advertising debuted in this in the late 1990s, the number of people on prescription drugs for life has ballooned. And why has Big Pharma failed to produce new antibiotics for deadly infections like MRSA um, or um, other, you know, other resistant uh, things, uh, C. difficile, and well, I can't even pronounce these words, even as they leap from hospital to community settings, and most of these are staph uh, infections and stuff like that from the hospitals. But pharma executives have shown less interest in medicines like antibiotics that actually cure disease than those that only treat symptoms. Writes um, Melody, a uh, person, author of Our Daily Meds. Uh, most blockbusters are pills for conditions such as anxiety, high cholesterol, or constipation that must be taken daily, often for months or years. They are designed for rich Americans who can afford to buy them. Nor are, nor are medicines for tropical diseases like malaria, which kills a child every 30 seconds. A priority notes uh, Peterson uh, that they also lack, they also lack ka-ching. 
direct to consumer drug advertising uh, debuted in the late 90s, uh, 1990s this summer. The number of people on prescription drugs, especially prescription drugs for life, have ballooned. Between 2001 to 2007, the percentage of adults and children on one or more prescriptions for chronic conditions rose more than 12 million, more than 12 million. Wow. Reports the Associated Press and 25% of U.S. children now take a medication for a chronic condition. 7% of kids take two or more daily drugs. Oh, God. Uh, who say advertising doesn't work. Of the top-selling drugs in 2011, led by Lipitor, uh, Nexium, Plastic, Ivar, and Abilify, uh, Seroquel, Singular, and Crestor, uh, none is taken occasionally or as needed, and the treatment goal is never to get off the drug, like an antibiotic. Why would pharma deal itself out of the game? Good question. Yeah, uh, yeah. There are two pharma. There are two ways pharma hooks the U.S. public on prescriptions for life. First, prescriptions that used to take uh, be taken as needed for pain, anxiety, GERD, um, uh, uh, gas reflux, uh, 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 asthma, mood problems, migraines, and even erectile dysfunction, gout, and retroviruses, in some cases, are now full-time medicines. Instead of having a bad day or heartburn, you have a disease like anxiety or GERD, which calls for full pharmaceutical artillery. Instead of having body pain to be treated uh, transiently, you are put on an antidepressant like Cymbalta or a seizure drug like Lyrica or uh, Neurotin indefinitely. That's a seizure drug. Lyrica is. You know Cymbalta. They, uh, they say Cymbalta to, uh, to quit smoking. Yeah. Even though you go crazy. Secondly, many of the top-selling drugs today are to prevent chronic conditions like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and osteoporosis that people are said to be at risk for. Needless to say, in most cases, people never know if the drugs are working or whether they would have had symptoms without them. This creates a loyal customer who is afraid to quit a prescription because it might be working. And why should they quit anyway when a third party is probably paying? Here are some drugs, not all that are marketed for perpetuity. ADHD and drugs for pediatric uh, psychopathologies, um, hormone replacement therapies, happy pills, make everybody happy. <laughs> um, and uh, instead of taking the occasional Xanax, people agreed to alter their body chemistry with a drug they took for months and years and decades. So, but as the antidepressants fall in popularity because of many of their many side effects, including alarming discontinuation systems. When people try to stop, WebMD is conducting damage control to keep people on them. Don't believe that antidepressants turn you into a zombie, make you gain weight, ruin your sex life, and make you forget your problems rather than dealing with them, or cost too much, says a huge pro-pill website in one article. Depression is linked to heart disease, obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's and cancer, says a second uh, article. Um, yeah. Okay, proton pump inhibitors, statins, uh, uh, asthma control medicines. The statins are another big con job, too. Um, the selling uh, statin drugs, the best-selling statin drugs, like Lipitor and Crestor, 
that lower their cholesterol risk are pretty much the definition of life or medications taken in perpetuity. Uh, would, uh, who would dare to go off of them and risk cardiovascular events? One patient on a cholesterol drug site writes that despite feeling miserable on statins, what do you do? Uh, go off of statins and let your arteries clog up? But medical professionals say it's not safe to stay on statins indefinitely. Patients are at risk of liver dysfunction, acute kidney failures, cataract, muscle damage, known as myopathy, and risk, and the statins can cause also memory loss and increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes and muscle damage. Oh, for Christ. Wow. I mean, this is, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. These statins that, that lower your, your cholesterol give you freaking diabetes. It gives you uh, memory loss. makes you crazy. You hear that? Yeah, I agree. No, you don't. Still, the appeal of drugs that lower the risk of cardiovascular events without a change in diet or lifestyle made Lipitor the top-selling drug in the world until recently when its patent expired. Statins are now prescribed for kids for the same reason. Um like ADHD and pediatric psychology, drugs, pharma, uh, drugs, pharma conducts aggressively, aggressive early treatment campaigns for asthma drugs, recommending that children as young as one year be treated with symptoms first emerge before they go away, says one clinical doctor. It also marketed daily asthma control medicines like Advar and Simbicort, so aggressively prescription drugs added into regular, regular medicine. Uh, and nearly two-thirds of the nation's millions of asthma sufferers take them. And despite the expense of adding an um, additional drug to rescue inhalers or inhaled uh, corticosteroids when asthma is a lifelong disease, there are no clinical benefits to the upsell, says the Research Institute of Medico, of Medco, rather the nation's largest pharmaceutical benefit manager. Uh, neither trips to the ER or hospitalizations are reduced with controlled drugs, and there's another mark against the daily drugs that don't work. They may make asthma worse, says some published reports. My God, they're killing us, folks. They're actually killing us. If you're on statins, get off of them. If you're on Lyrica, get off of that, too. You know, drugs, they'll kill you. They'll help you. They'll kill you. Uh, makes me crazy, folks. Makes me crazy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, staying in the mainstream of the of of our thought that I'm being pharmaceuticals and doctors and health. Uh, this article from Common Dreams stated that uh, to break big pharma's stranglehold, doctors vote to ban on drug ads. I agree with this 100%. Prescription drug prices have become have already become a presidential campaign issue and health care costs a top concern for American voters. Um 
In an attempt to combat the soaring cost of prescription drugs and big pharma's stranglehold on the U.S. healthcare system, the American Medical Association has approved a new policy to support a ban on direct-to-consumer advertising for prescription drugs and implantable medical devices. Today's vote in support of an advertising ban reflected concerns among physicians about the negative impact of commercially driven promotions and the role that the marketing costs play in fueling escalating drug prices, said AMA uh, Board Chair-elect Patrice Harris, MD, in a present statement on Tuesday. The vote took place at AMA's 215 interim meeting in Atlanta. So that's all. That's all going on. So by casting the issue in the context of rising uh, drug prices, the AMA is clearly trying to create as much support as possible for a ban. Um, the cost of pharmaceuticals, after all, is a hot button issue and has galvanized much of America's public in recent months. The AMA proposal amounts to yet another indication that drug pricing will remain a policy issue for the near term. And. Uh, Indeed, prescription drug prices have already become a presidential campaign issue, with everyone from Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton to Marco Rubio and Ben Carson acknowledging that health care costs are a top concern for American voters. In a separate piece for a stat, uh, also published Tuesday, Silverman pointed to a new poll that finds that 91% of voters believe it is important for presidential candidates to hold down rising prescription drug costs. Good luck for that. And on Tuesday, Public Citizen said it supports the AMA's call and an email to Common Dreams uh, director and health researcher stated, we agree that such advertising is primarily promotional, not educational, and drives up the costs. So ban all medical ads, please, please. That would be a great thing to do. So anyway, folks, our time is up, and we want to thank everybody for joining us. And we, again, we re, we send our heartfelt feelings to uh, sympathy to to uh, to, uh, to Larry tonight mm-hmm. and um, his family. And uh, we hope we can be talking to them uh, sometime this month. Yeah, we we I'm send sure. out our best wishes and our love. So good luck and uh, good night, everyone. Good night, folks.